start coming at you like Devontae Adams pushing over a cameraman. Oh. It is Thurston 10. Oh, man, that's rough for me. That's rough. You know what I mean? Video guy, camera guy. That, that hit me in my, in my videographer heart. You know, to push over a cameraman like that, you don't want that kind of stuff on your team. So, art has gone. Are you one of like the people who thought it was an overreaction, mm-hmm. or are you one mm-hmm. of the people who thought it was an underreaction? What was an underreaction? Like, what was he supposed to do? Hit him with an RKO? <laughs> like, how is this an underreaction? No, I felt like the cameraman was like, it was a good six feet. Like, he just could have walked around him, and he chose to be a dick. He got some equipment on. He doing his job. You know, I just wasn't a good look for me. Yeah. So. So, I'm, like, every single person who's ever lived has had somebody walk in front of me who I wasn't expecting before, and never was my go-to reaction a two-handed push to the ground. So, yeah. I, well, that's because that's cause you're from Wisconsin, and my go-to reaction is, oh, oh sorry, hey, I'm just going to sneak past you. I'm going to sneak right past you. <laughs> but, yeah, like, people were like, well, he didn't see him, and... I was just like... I thought there was some room there, you know. Even if I don't see somebody, there's a pretty universal two palms up, a step back. Oh, let me sneak right past you. He's been in Green Bay for long enough. You know, he knows the sneak right past you. So... Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You so, learned that here. So, do you think... Because uh, there's now, like, criminal charges, right? Like, misdemeanor assault. That's what I heard. That's what I heard the guy was going to uh, press charges. I think a little settlement... You know what I'm saying? A little money, right? That's what we're looking for? Yeah, I mean, don't I don't think it's wrong. that. It's, to me, it's it's not like it's harassment. Like, it's a total dick move. And if you ever get the choice to not be a dick or be a dick, like, you always do, don't be a dick. Especially Even on Monday Night this. Football. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I was the happiest person in the world after Monday Night Football. Because I had Travis Kelsey, and he scored four TDs. He had like yeah, the greatest stat. Like the greatest stat line ever. Seven catches for like twenty yards and four <laughs> TDs. But it wasn't all a good week for me. I uh honestly thought the Packers were gonna win. So I have a shot clock to do. Yeah. I'm uh And cause I'm a good friend. Oh, that's what they say. Cheers. Cheers. That tastes like whiskey. It's like shame for you. <laughs> That's the worst kind of whiskey. Shameful whiskey. But honestly, still pretty good. Yeah. It's like pizza. <laughs> right? It's, yeah. The bad is still, you know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had real whiskey before. I was broke. Oof. Well. I've had, uh, you know, real whiskey and Coke too and many times to count. And yeah, it's like, at least you got a mixer. You're not just, like, shooting rail whiskey. Shame might be a step ahead of rail, in all honesty. Like, I think I'd rather have shame whiskey, almost. But, speaking of who deserves shame whiskey, (laughs) the Green Bay Packers. Just too many fish and chips. I called it. So, how much... I predicted this. How much are you blaming on London? I said last week that, like, London... Games go to there to get weird, okay? The games go there to get weird. Like, the games, they're weird, they're close. You can't predict what goes on there. So, yes, there's a little, there's blame to toss around for the Packers, but 
I don't know. I think going to London, the the flight, the Yorkshire puddings, you know, it, it's tough to predict. <laughs> the bangers you know? and mash. Yeah, yeah. And to me, it was the opposite. I feel like I was I expected a slow start, and there was a little bit, but there was like the they had the lead and everything. What was it twenty ten and a half? Yeah, I believe so. Yes. So at one point, I believe it was twenty to three. I kind of so. expected vice versa, like a you know better second half than first. But so yeah, like I think just kind of touching on what you mentioned. Which is, they had a fast start. If I was going to blame London, I think it would have been a slow start. So and the crowd was into it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that should help. It was mostly, what, 75-80% Packer fans? Uh, I'm sure. Go, Pack, go! So, it's tough for me to blame London when they look so good in the beginning and so lethargic at the end. So, what well, is... Was that jet lag setting in? I mean, maybe. Like, I don't I don't think it is, but could, maybe, could it be? I've been jet lagged before. Now, don't get me wrong, I've never flown across the pond. But normally jet lag hits you at the beginning, not sure. at the end. that is true. Yeah, yeah, So I slept for three days, it, yeah. If the game would have looked the opposite, I probably would have blamed London. Maybe but, your adrenaline. Adrenaline carries you the first part. Then we should have got some uh, crank adrenaline. <laughs> got that epinephrine. Yeah, where's Jason at? Come on. He's from the UK oh, London, somewhere. Right? I thought. Yeah, yeah. I thought he had a cockney. We need Jason Statham. So, what's your level of concern with the Green Bay Packers? Offense, defense, special teams, coaching. You can give me all four or you can focus on one. What's your level of concern? I'm going to go. I'm going to start with the defense, my level of concern, because I feel like that was kind of, you know, offense and defense had some cause for concern in the last game, uh, everything in the second half pretty much. But a defense for me, I think it's more about it's more about the scheme than the personnel. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking coaching for me, I'm, I don't know, I'm a little concerned. I was never really sold on uh, Joe, Barry. Joe Barry, right? Yeah, I was never really sold on Joe Barry. Last year, I think maybe the... The personnel carried the scheme, and now I think we're we're playing too much off. Like the corners are way too far away. I feel like, and so I I don't know. I feel like it's a scheme because I feel like we have how many first round picks on defense? I think we have a like lot of seven. There. I think something like that. Something like that for sure. Six or seven. Like there's a lot of talent there. I I think it's a scheme. Yeah. So I'm gonna steal your thunder a little bit because I think you had a note card. Um, I took a screenshot. I'm guessing we had very <laughs> similar stats. So this is from Bill Huber from SI.com. The Packers are bad against the run. 22nd mm-hmm. in yards per carry. Bad in the secondary. 32nd in passes defended. Bad at creating takeaways. 26. Bad on crossing routes. 32nd. Mm-hmm. Now, fun fact about the NFL, there's only 32 teams. 30 seconds, like, really bad. And bad in the red zone, twenty first. Now, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like it recently at our best we've been like bend but don't break, mm-hmm. and it's like we just bend and then break. <laughs> like there is no and don't break after that. I the one I have is twenty uh, first against the run, which for me the Jets have um, Brees Hall, really good rookie running back right now. Six point seven yards. Teams. Yeah, this may be the week to do that. <laughs> Six point seven yards a carry. Packers run defense not great, and I feel, and the crossing routes too. I feel like is a is a glaring for me that I don't know. 
I just don't think we're playing. We're not using our talents in the best ways. I wish I had a magic eight ball so I could ask it what Joe Barry does with his inside linebackers. Because <laughs> on passing plays, they don't blitz. Unlikely. They don't cover. <laughs> they don't do anything on passing plays. They can't defend a crossing route. That's on the inside linebackers no. if you're not blitzing. And I just don't get it. Like Quay Walker and Campbell, they're supposed to be these really fast cover mm-hmm. sideline to sideline inside linebackers. And I feel like Joe Barry's just wasting them. So the other stat I had, Devondre Campbell has three tackles for losses this entire year. Quay Walker has one tackle for loss. Neither of them have a sack all year. Neither have an interception. Quay Walker has one forced fumble. Like, the best defenses are disruptive. The Mm. best defenses practically live in the backfield. They shoot gaps. They're all over the field. I don't know what we do. Rashawn Gary's in the backfield. Yeah. yeah, Kenny Clark's in the backfield. uh, I want to see Quay Walker. Preston, he, you know, he's kind of like the new one play play. I think he's also the guy you double team, though. Yeah. But uh, Quay's still young, right? Quay's a rookie? Yeah, he's a rookie. But to me, it's it's not the talent of the players. I, I think kind of agree. They're being they're they're not being used correctly. I agree. I want to see more disruptiveness. I want to see mm-hmm. the cornerbacks mm-hmm. up at the line of scrimmage. I want to see Jair in the slot. I want to see Douglas yeah, out yeah, wide. Yeah, I want to see much more physicality out of the cornerbacks. If you're not going to be physical, at least be creative. And right now. Not There's nothing good. creative about it. I could hit a 20-yard crossing route. It's the easiest throw in, in the So then game how, to make. how concerned are you about the defense in this game coming in against the Jets? Cuz they can run the ball, they score a lot of points in the fourth quarter. Like you said, we looked lethargic in the fourth quarter last week. The Jets lead the league in fourth quarter points. That's a f- amazing stat. Yeah. Research your boy. Out here. But you know, Zach Wilson likes him a little bit older, so as the game matures... That's true, but... He really gets into it. <laughs> <laughs> but That's a sound bite right there, but... But, um, I'm, I'm not super concerned about the Jets game, because this is a prove-it game for me. Sure. You gotta, this... you gotta come in pissed off. You have to come in chip on the shoulder. You need to show the Jets that we're the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. and At home, do At home. This is no nonsense. And we're going to take their candy. We talked about the defense a lot. What's your concern in the offense? The offense. <laughs> uh, not Aaron Jones. I think right now he's like, you got to get him the ball a little more even. Even, like... And it passes, runs. I think uh, other than that, I don't know. We're having the issues we thought we might with the young receivers. You know? And Christian Watson's out this week already. It's Friday night. I want to see Rodgers just throw it to the open guy. I think that's a big part of the problem. Is he'll throw it to his guy as opposed to the open guy. Sure. Okay. I can see that. You know, throw it to the open guy. A lot of cob. Yeah, throw it to the open guy, and if they drop it, they drop it. But just 
that's your job as a quarterback. Find the open guy, or you throw him open. And I that's really what I want to see more from from the offense. We know the running game's there. We know the offensive line can make holes for the running game. Mm-hmm. Pass protection hasn't been great. But it should be a run-first offense and then a pass second. But in a weird way, I do kind of sympathize with Matt LaFleur because you do have right. the MVP right. at quarterback. Yeah. You kind of got to use them. That's where go. But I don't know. At some point, he has to see, too, go up and, you know, see that runs of his option. Or, you know, see what the defense looks like. See what's, like I said, I feel like Aaron Jones needs a little more. He's been, you know, he's the yard in chunks guy right now, you know. Um, he's the big play guy. Yeah. So if I get him the ball more, and I don't know. Aaron needs to run the ball more then. If it's all his decision, like you don't have to be the guy to do it all the time. So when it comes to Aaron Jones, I do think that he is a guy who tends to get hurt for a couple games a year. So you want to keep him healthy. Sure, sure. So I kind of understand what LaFleur is doing in that you wanna you want him for the stretch run, you want him for the playoff run. But AJ Dillon only had six carries. Six carries, nineteen yards. That's not good enough. You gotta get him the ball more. Yeah, I feel like it's more about the the duo. You know, I like I feel like Jones needs to be featured, but you do gotta give more to to the quad father. (laughs) Thanos. Um so what is your prediction for the the Jets and Packers, one of two noon games, I believe, for the Green Bay Packers. This one is, it's tough, because last week I, uh, I struck gold and got the Giants game right. <laughs> so it's like, and with the... the and defense, the Packers are a seven and a half point favorite. So I might take I might take the Packers, but not, I don't think I would cover. Um, you mentioned old quarterback Zach before. He's one of four players with five passing touchdowns and rushing five rushing touchdowns. Wow. So I feel like um, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go Packers. I'm gonna go 20, 24, 20 Packers. I'm gonna be optimistic. Okay, okay. I'm gonna say 35, 10 Packers. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, <laughs> you, you got me on that one. I think the Jets. They've won their last two. I think you're underestimating. They feel good about themselves. Sure, sure. And it's the Steelers and the Dolphins. Like, the quarterback was Dolphins. So, to me, there's, you know, you can't feel too good about that. I think Jets, they do. I, I think they have more talent than, than, you, than you're looking at. I think this is the blowout we've been waiting for for the last three years. <laughs> it, it's coming on Sunday. <laughs> you should never wait three years <laughs> for the blowout. This is the prove-it game for the Packers. I feel good. Let's go. Okay. So, the team (laughs) I think I'm most excited to talk about today. Admirals. Is not the Admirals, but they do play like two blocks away from the Admirals. This is the last weekend without Bucks basketball. (laughs) How excited are you for Bucks basketball? Pretty excited, actually. Pretty excited, but the problem is, is like... I think when, and I never thought I would get here from being like going to a bunch of games in 2015 when they won like not many games. 
to to hear is like I'm almost the regular season, especially the very beginning, is like it's a reason to get excited. It's it's the first game and everything. But it it's almost like I hope nothing terrible happens. Right. Better than I'm like, oh yeah, November fifth in basketball. Like no one cares. Right. You know? So I'm I'm excited that the Bucks start, but you know, they should be good and hopefully we're same thing in April. So we already know the Bucks are gonna be good. I think in the NBA, maybe this year there's not one elite team, but there are kind of tiers, sure. mm-hmm. and I think the Bucks are in that highest tier. For They're sure. in the elite tier. So, what is your biggest concern going into this season? I think I think a couple. Well, and they're hand in hand for me. I think one we're coming in with the same team, pretty much exactly. Like what is it, sixteen of the same players or something like that? Something I, like that. Yeah. I think. The second concern is, and I don't even if it's a real concern, just like a freak injury. Well, that's always you know? a concern. I mean, right? but why didn't we beat the Celtics last year? You know, if we would have had Middleton. Yeah, most likely. So, you know, you're just gonna hope that doesn't happen. But I feel like with the same turnover, and we also have a lot of older guys. Yeah. You know, maybe injury prone older guys. Yeah, I. So I, I think that's my biggest concern. I think my I have two concerns. I think we need more youth. And you're touching on both of my concerns. <laughs> um, age is probably number two. Number one is health. If this team stays healthy, mm-hmm. they're pretty close to the cream of the crop in the East if they're not the cream of the crop. But at a certain point, I believe out of the 15 people that they have on their roster right now, eight are over the age of 30. That's a lot of age. Sure. That's a lot of experience, too. I saw too. a few too many 35s when I was scrolling. <laughs> it's also uh, the birthday of Wes Matthews today. 35, probably, right? I think he's the second oldest person on the team at 37, second 37. to only George Hill. Wow. But Middleton's on the wrong side of 30. I believe Holiday's on the wrong side of 30. Lopez is way on the wrong side of 30. Eventually, this team has to start focusing on getting younger. And getting older doesn't help mm. your health. Mm. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm you're 31. Right. It doesn't help. Every day it feels feel like a war zone. <laughs> I feel like I'm in no man's land the second That's I roll out of bed. Unfortunately, uh, you can't undo the quad. Father time is undefeated. Inevitable. But I feel like the Bucks are, you know, they're in the go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll take the age, but we think that come playoff time, we got the best squad. The problem is you got to get that squad to the playoff time. That's know? true. I think there's going to be a lot of load management. <laughs> Sorry, I can never take that. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so, did the Bucks do enough to win it all this year in the offseason? They basically made two moves. One was to add Joe Ingles, and one was to draft Marjan Bochamp. I like that one. I do, too. Out of the two moves, I like that one a lot more. I'm never a fan of acquiring an injured guy, because it's like a best-case scenario. I feel like you don't know what you got, and I feel like uh, he was already kind of on the downslope before he got hurt. 
Um, so don't love that move. Bochan move. I I'm interested. You know, I think I think he's a good player. So that one I like. Did did, did they do enough? I don't think so. Because pretty much you're playing with the same. You got the same hand, except you have Beauchamp, who's maybe a good player, but inexperienced playoff wise, coming in when you're looking at that. Yes. So I think they they didn't do enough to go all the way. So I think my biggest concern with Beauchamp is Budenholzer, because Budenholzer does not like to use rookies, and especially on this team, in which load management. <laughs> They're gonna have to play some rookies. Sure. They're gonna yeah. have to play some guys I mean, like Mamu, right? Wara, and Bochamp. Can Budenholzer use a rookie correctly? And the way, in my opinion, Marjan can actually help this team win, especially in the playoffs, is being that defensive presence off the bench, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. getting a rebound. So energetic, yeah. And we saw last year. When Grayson Allen was in the game against the Celtics, it was very difficult, or it was the opposite of very difficult. It was really easy easy for the Celtics to just find him. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. had whatever they wanted when he was guarding them. So if Beauchamp can take some of those minutes away from Allen in a playoff series... I think that bodes well. But to answer my own question, I feel like for me the answer is yes. Because I don't think they had that much to do. I think it it's really more about health than it is about adding pieces. Yeah, so yeah. If, I mean if Middleton stays healthy. I think you're right about that, but you you took him to a game seven last year. I think you would have won at least one of those four games that you lost to Boston. I don't think Miami gives you a lot of trouble in a seven-game playoff series. If Middleton stays healthy, I don't know if they beat Golden State, but I think they get there. Sure. But so. to me, I think doing enough would be maybe you reduce that if. You know what I mean? Instead of a capital IF, maybe we get one lowercase letter. You know what I mean? Maybe we get some more depth with experience. I'm not saying I know how. I'm just saying, maybe to me, that would have been doing enough. Not an injured Joe Ingles, you know. Yeah, really? Question mark. I do like Bochamp, but it, uh, to me, a rookie is still a question mark. You don't know till you know. So, yeah, the only move I feel like they can really make, I think they have two options to make moves, and they both would involve trades. I think they'd have to trade either George Hill, which Every Bucks fan would love. Okay, yeah, okay. go on. Or they'd have to trade Grayson Allen. They can't really trade picks. Go on. So, other than trading one of those two guys, they're a bit limited. They're already significantly over the salary cap. They're paying into the luxury tax. I just don't know how much more they can do to improve the team. Other than trades. And you have to find somebody who wants to take on either George Hill or Grayson Allen. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know. I mean, Jay Crowder looks nice. Now I think now I think we're good. We're looking good. You know, you got to yeah. see what we look like later. We got to see what we look like in May and June, and hopefully into July. I was gonna say even December. You know, when there's a uh, the you know trade deadlines like February. Yeah. So assess around then. 
So, Bucks are projected to win 52 and a half games. Are you taking the over or the under and why? I'm going to go with the under. Like, not too many under. Give me in the area of 45. 45? To okay. 47. Not a lot of room, but there's room in there. And I think the reason is is those two words you said. And it's load management. Load I'm management. hoping it's load management and not injuries and just doing some shuffling. Um, still a good year. Not the best, but load is managed. Yeah, so I'm actually going to go under as well. Uh, I know. I'm supposed to be the optimist. But I'm going to go higher yeah. than 47. Okay. I think they're going to be in the 49 to 51 range. I think they're going to, you know, strategically load manage. <laughs> and if they start to fall closer to 500, I think they're going to do a little bit less. If they get a big lead, I think they're going to do a little bit more. And, yeah, I I think the goal is to be right around 50, mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. be the one seed, be somewhere around that three Just to up, five yeah. range. You know, they don't want to be in that play-in range, and they don't have to be. It's kind of up to them. You're the challenge to not be. Now, there's not really an elite team in the East, but there's, I think it's a very deep league, so maybe they do decide to go for the one, because maybe nobody else is going to take it. Sure. But, mostly I think the goal is just to keep everybody healthy. Let's go in with a healthy slate of... Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, Lopez, and then whoever you decide to play in that other role, whether it's Portis or Allen. And yeah, go on there and make a run. Bobby. So, last legitimate topic. The Wisconsin Badgers. They looked pretty good. Did Jim Leonard sink or swim for you? I mean, <laughs> in that, I don't know how you sink in that. Uh, they whooped that wildcat ass. So you, that's a swim, Leonard, for me. <laughs> I, is, I, I, just, <laughs> I just wanted to ask you, you could say swim, Leonard. Jim, where I come from, swim naked. And I won't embarrass no Yeah. Swim, Leonard, for me. So um, how much do you read into this one game against Northwestern? Four. A four out of a hundred. You can't you can't reach too read too much into a Northwestern game for me. Like it's fun, it's exciting, you know. Um, but it, it, it's the Wildcats. They're not too good. You like to get the coach that first win. I think it was a perfect game for that. But it doesn't mean too much about anything going forward. I don't think. Yeah, so it is tough to read too much into just one game. I believe Northwestern is one in five. That's, you know, pretty bad. Even a blind wildcat can beat Nebraska. <laughs> so, um, I'm not gonna read too much into it. I am like really looking forward to the disappointment bowl against Wisconsin <laughs> and Michigan State. <laughs> who sponsors that? Like, who would sponsor the disappointment bowl? I don't want to yeah. like, like slander any companies. Ben and Jerry's ice cream hey, yeah. and like <laughs> box wine <laughs> and just like people like fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you confident in that one? Badgers over Spartans? We'll get to that. Oh, 
So, who was... Spoiler alert. So, what do you think, like, made the difference last week? Was it just Northwestern? Talent discrepancy. Or did Jim Leonard play any factor into it? Jim, Jim, Jim. Yeah, I think a little bit of the firing up with the new coach and it being Jim. Uh, Swim Leonard. I think that helped. But I also think the talent discrepancy, maybe one of the few the Badgers have this year, unfortunately. Uh, I think it was a combo. So, I believe what actually played a part in the win is I think like coaches for the first time all season felt like they were being held accountable. Once Chris got fired... They went from, well, I'm at Wisconsin. Had Nobody ever gets fired here. Is This is a gravy job to, oh, I actually have to try now. So I really feel like firing Christ, I don't think Christ was a bad coach. No. But I think it sent the mm-hmm. message to every single person on the staff that we do have standards. We are trying to win the Big Ten West. So, let's see what you guys got, and your job might not be as safe as you thought it was. So, who was, for you, the thirstiest player of the week? For me, it was easy peasy lemon squeezy, as they say, Graham Mertz. To me, was the thirstiest player of the week. He was 20 for 29, 69% completion percentage. Nice. 299 yards, five touchdowns. The only quarterback, the first quarterback in Badgers history to throw five touchdowns twice. Graham Mertz, thirstiest player of the league. That's a lot of twos and a lot of nines in that. 20 for 29, yeah. 299 yards. Just, you know. Do you, got, do you have a thirstiest player of the week? Um, not necessarily a player, but I'm going to go with Swim Leonard. Hey. Jim, Jim, Jim. <laughs> So, speaking of Jim Leonard, I don't have like a bunch of crazy stats or anything. Mm-hmm. I do know he's at the very least tied for the winningest coach in college football history, <laughs> percentage-wise. <laughs> That's why it's bad. They asked a question to Paul Christ when he was still the coach. Who oh, would no. play you in a movie? Shit. So, if... You were going to make a movie about Jim Leonard. From the casting director on the the Swim Leonard movie. Yeah, on the Swim Leonard. We had discussed it, so I might... I think I'm going to steal yours. But we got to talking about swimming, too. So I'm going to go Miles Teller. Because he's athletic. And I think... I want to capture the ex-NFL player side of Jim Leonard. He's got the dark hair. I'm I'm going Miles Teller. But he'd have to shave his mustache. You know, I can CGI I, it off. Okay, I, I saw the I get, saw get like a green CGI. screen mustache. Yeah, I saw Henry Cavill as Superman. You can take a mustache out; it's easy. Um, right? I'm gonna steal yours then and say Jake Gyllenhaal. No. We're, good pick. We're, we're just stealing, stealing picks. Like same thing. I think you could make him look. He could bulk it up. He could look good. Dark hair, you know. Yeah. So in the disappointment bowl this week. Okay. Who do you got, Wisconsin or Michigan State? We're a goddamn Wisconsin sports podcast, Marcus. So I gotta go, Badgers. I'm 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 not super confident, especially because like I don't think either team is super good, and that's putting it lightly. 
But I think Michigan State has a little reason to be fired up for this one. Uh, Jalen Berger, starting running back, was a Badger. He's been looking pretty good. They're, I mean, they lost four in a row. So not super good, obviously, against Ohio State. They've got their, you know, their recruiting director, former Badger too. So I feel like they have some reason to be pissed off. And they've got some young talent. So I'm a little concerned, but I, I think Badgers take it. Do you have a score? Uh, give me 27-20. Okay. Badgers. So that makes a lot of sense because the scoreline right so now. they don't cover? Badgers are favored by seven on the dot. Oh, they're the seven? Yeah, 7.0 point favorites. Wow. Um, I'm also going to pick the Badgers, which means there's like a 90% <laughs> chance that we're both going to have to do we're a shot. shots <laughs> next week. Yeah, probably. Um, I think this game's going to be ugly. I'm going to sound clip that for sure. I think... <laughs> That this is just like one of those like weird like twenty three to sixteen games that make no sense at all. It and, could very well be that. And I think we're just a little bit uglier than Michigan State, and we get the job the done. The dusty, yeah, we're a little dustier. We're a little bit more, less disappointing, and a little bit uglier. And yeah, give me Jim Leonard to swim again. <laughs> Jim swims again. That's tough to say. <laughs> um, so, Funzie's topic this week. Oh, right. What is your favorite, somewhat creative, doesn't necessarily creative. have to be, either shot or a drink? And, you know, let's have some fun with this one. How'd you make it? How'd you like it? <clears throat> Let me get this frog out of my throat and speak again. Now, now... At first, you told me that you didn't say creative at all. Okay, like, you know. You know so I have, like, I have brand new old-fashioned sweet down here in my recipe. To 49 states, my, that's I creative. I my, mar- my margarita recipe down here. Well, then I'll go brand new old-fashioned sweet, Marcus. For me, you got to start with a little cherry, a little orange, a little simple syrup. Muddle that. Then you throw your ice down. Then you throw your ice, you know, ounce and a half of brandy down. Then I'm a... I'm going to straight just club soda. You already got the simple syrup in there. Dash of bitters. Three dashes, maybe. You know, orange little cherry sender home. A lot of people ask me why one forearm is so much bigger than the other one. And it's because of how much I like to muddle old fashioned. Mm -hmm. That's what I told him, too. Yeah, you know, I mean. He's a muddler. He's a left handed muddler. Yeah, I'm a big fan of muddling. (laughs) So. He's making old fashioned. I'm going to go with a shot. I don't think I was creative enough. Um, But I'm going to go with an Irish car bomb. Mostly because the bars I go to aren't fancy enough to have both Jameson (laughs) and Bailey's. Or at the very least, Guinness. Like They always have like two out of the three, but not all three. So give me an Irish car bomb with some Guinness and a little tumbler glass. And then a shot of half Jameson. And half, half and half thing. I like half and half. Do you like it like ratioed? I know like some bars give you like 80 20. Ratio but I feel like it's too not much. consistent. Uh, and that's why it's wonderful. You know, yeah. variety is the spice of the car bomb. <laughs> that's what they say. I agree. I'm a big fan of car bombs, but only if I can drink them. <laughs> and this is Thurston 10. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter. 
at Thurston1069. (laughs) Follow us on Spotify, Google Pods, or wherever you get your podcast. Have a cold one, and remember, Thurston 10.